Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. I'm super excited to have my guest today, Dr. Julie Rusak. She is a board-certified dermatologist, fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology, and serves as a faculty at Mount Sinai Hospital and founder of Rusak Dermatology and clinic at Rusak Plus Aesthetic Center in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, It's a state-of-the-art practice uh, providing comprehensive care in medical and cosmetic dermatology. And then in 2015, she opened up the next floor because she expanded. And in addition to her excellence as a dermatologic surgeon, Dr. Rusak has distinguished herself in the medical community through her clinical research, scientific presentations, publications, and aesthetic approach. Patients seek her unique 3D facial restoration method from all over the world for a naturally lifted and refreshed look. How you doing today? Hi, Dr. Hi. Julie. Hi, everyone. So Thanks good to have you me. here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we are going to talk about uh, regenerative aesthetics, wellness, and menopause. So it's an integrative approach to beauty, healthy, and enriching lifestyle. So what is regenerative aesthetics, and why do you see it as the future in dermatology? Well, one is mouthful to just pronounce that. That's a lot, right? Right. Now, let me try to explain that. But the explanation is much easier. The explanation is really, we just want you to be you. The best version of you, the most up there version of you, but still you. And that's the most important thing. And that's why we are really calling it regenerative. And for a very long time, as a cosmetic dermatologist, we've been really practicing, so to speak, masking of aging. Okay. Uh, we, we knew kind of what the standards of youthful face is. Decreased line, decreased appearance of volume loss. And we've had certain things in our armamentarium that we used to mask those signs because we just didn't have anything better. But as the time progressed, as our understanding in general of the aging process changed, as our understanding of aging health changed, as a cosmetic dermatologist, I had to change also. I couldn't be using the same thing and the same tools we've been doing it for a very long time and doing the same things to a 20-year-old and 40-year-old and 60-year-old. We had to change. The mm-hmm. science changed and we changed with that. And that's why right now we are really focusing more on regeneration, on using your own body's ability to regenerate its own cells rather than just us masking it. And what does that mean, regeneration? Like what are you... what? What does that entail exactly? So think about it. When you're born, everybody's born. We, are, as humans, when we're right. born, we have a DNA. And that DNA actually stays with us exactly the same from the moment you're born to the moment we 
go to DAF. Move on. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But we know that the process is not static. Things are changing. Things are changing in our DNA depends on the genes we inherited, but also from the environment. So one thing that we know right now is that uh, we actually don't have a gene that encodes aging. We have genes that encode how we age, how we repair our own DNA, but we don't have one gene that encodes aging. So that's what the science of aging right now is focusing on, how we have, how to have the ability to, I wouldn't say reverse aging because we still are aging, but how to really reverse how we age. And that's where the regenerative medicine comes. With the skin, skin is on the outside. So it's actually great because you could see the results, good and bad the results, but you could see them right in front of you. It's in your face, so to speak. So if we can internally also reverse some of the signs of aging, we are reversing them also in terms of how we look like. And right now we know how to do that. We know what our cells need to have more energy in them. We know what ourselves need in terms of cofactors and uh, different environmental factors to really be able to repair what we've done with them in our youth in our 20s. Because when we are in our 40s, we are a little bit smarter than we are in our 20s. Yeah, we abuse we ourselves. We, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We know we've learned at least right now that one is we don't have to look like we are 20. We are very happy. We are successful in our 40s, but things are not the same. And right. we don't respond the same way to things that we've been doing for a very long time in cosmetic dermatology also. So what would be some of the things that you do? So, and why is this approach more beneficial for those over 40? So when we approach perimenopause and menopause, and I really enjoyed your podcast, and I really enjoyed you talking about the perimenopause. You're oh, yeah. absolutely right. A lot of women never heard of perimenopause. And the majority of my population, including myself, we are in perimenopause and things are not the same. No, they're you not. You can do 10 crunches when you're 20s and you have a six pack. Things are not the same. So what is it that changes? And what changes is, is our intercellular ability to produce energy. We are starting to have less and less energy. We feel it also sometimes. But reality of it is inside ourselves, we have less energy. So if we have less energy in ourselves, we start producing less collagen, less elastin. And mm -hmm. that's where we see the signs of gravity starting to pull everything down. So understanding that there are different ways of presenting aging a different decade in our life. And when our body goes through the perimenopause, menopause, the energy or the metabolic energy in ourselves responds do the procedures that I do in the office also changes. That's where the difference is between how you approach a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, and how you approach somebody who's in perimenopause and menopause. Okay. But when I think of a dermatologist, mm -hmm. I think of the skin, you know, topical. Uh, What's yeah. so when it's interesting to me that you're a dermatologist talking about internal. So can you Go yep. a little bit more into that. Like, how did the shift yep. happen? Because I guess. Thankfully. Thankfully. Right. So right. we started the program of regenerative wellness medicine, and I actually had a nutritionist who joined me on board for this program okay. about five years ago. And at that time, it was way too early because that's exactly the reaction that I got. And wait a second, you're a dermatologist. Why are you right. talking to me about right. nutrition? But then when I have a consultation with all my patients, 
the words that they hear from me over and over again, it's decreased collagen production, decreased collagen production, sagging, decreased collagen production. That's what shows your lines, your wrinkles, your crepey skin. So when I'm in the office, I stimulate collagen production. That's what regenerative medicine is, and that's what our understanding. But if you are nutritionally deficient, if your diet is not healthy and you don't have the nutrients, if your metabolic is somewhere low, low suppressed, how my results of what I do in the office will actually benefit you, or how am I going to be able to give you those best results? So it became a little bit selfishly in my own interest to really make sure that before my patients go into this regenerative program, or before I talk to them about this collagen production, they have to respond. They have to be at the best metabolically optimal level to really respond to all these procedures that I do in the office. But they also have to maintain them at home. Because if I'll do the best job that I can do in the office, but they go home and they're inflamed, their body is deficient in all the nutrients, this is not going to last, right? Interesting. I No, I, it makes total sense. And I get that. But it's amazing how I'm glad. one's diet really affects so much, uh, oh, especially when it comes to the aging. Right. Everything. Right. Right. But I'm and learning. Then- I, Hormones you can't help. I mean, you can. You can yeah, go on HRT, can. whatever. But you I'm can. saying exactly. it's a natural part of life. But I don't think a lot of people necessarily think of how their diet is affecting just not only their skin, but how you can support your skin. And, and you can moving. support your skin. Of course. So right. just the very, very simplistic way, right? We talk about stimulating collagen production because right. that's what gives us the tightness, the lift, everything else. Collagen is a protein. If your body is not having the input of that protein, so either if your diet is low in protein or if you're not absorbing that protein, because it's not always what you eat, it's also what you absorb. So that's where it brought me to think about the gut health. And now we talk to our patients about gut health and inflammation in their gut. So it's one thing that actually led to the other, that when we really start in thinking in terms of what I want to achieve with my patients, I have to talk to them about diet. I have to check where they are in the inflammation. I have to check their blood work and actually see where they are in terms of the hormones. And if they need help with HRT before I start talking to them about doing our therapy procedures that stimulate the collagen because nothing is going to happen if they cannot respond. How does that conversation work, by the way? How does that go when somebody comes into your office and let's say, you know, they want to do some sort of skin firming laser treatment and you have a conversation with them saying, uh, so what are you eating? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it takes time. It definitely takes time and education. And, um, I do think that we actually hear more and more and understand more about perimenopause, menopause, hormones, nutrition. So there is already a little bit um, kind of the base for that. And I'm fortunate enough, majority of my practice is referral based. So the patients who come to me, they're kind of already a little bit on the same wavelength. They understand that I'm not going to be just injecting 10 syringes of filler and uh, making their face ridiculous but getting rid of all their lines. And very often I tell my patients, before we start doing anything, we actually have to make sure that you will be able to respond to that. So it's, for most of my patients, it's a little bit of a delayed gratification mm-hmm. with long right. Well, yeah, it's, so they're not necessarily going to leave your office looking 
very different after the first treatment. Well, I hope they never leave my right. office looking very, very different. I want them to look like themselves. <laughs> themselves, but like 10 years ago, maybe. Right, right. But about 10 years ago. So that's the best part about it. I have patients, and as I said, that I'm very fortunate. Most of my patients are my very, very long-term patients who kind of reach their menopause, menopause with me. And that's why we're all focusing on it right now. So a lot of them, we look at their pictures from five years ago, from 10 years ago. And when they look at it, they're like, oh, I look better now than I looked five to 10 years ago, but I still exactly me. And that's the most gratifying part of this regenerative process. We regenerate who you are or maintain who you are without changing. That's amazing. It sounds to me like this is a, instead of a holistic, it's a whole realistic approach. You know, oh, I like, love that. Oh, you can yeah. borrow that. You can have that. Yeah. It's okay. I just I've came up with that. Something <laughs> other than holistic. Because on one hand, it is holistic, but everybody thinks about candles and the crystals when you use the word holistic. Right, I right. love that. Okay, you're welcome. That. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so can you explain, and I use this term myself, pro-aging. I'm really trying to get away from anti-aging. I use pro-aging, positive aging. And you said, so explain pro-aging or intentional aging and how it ties in to what you've been discussing above. So with that pro-aging and intentional aging, it's realistically going into the intercellular aging. Okay. Explaining to my patients what really happens to them on the inside, from the inside out, talking to them and explaining to them that it really changes in our skeleton structures, in our bone structures in the face, that we have to address that. Then there's loss of collagen elasticity. Then there's Mm -hmm. loss of volume. Then that it's environmental damage or epigenetic aging. That's what we really change and discuss. And with intentional aging, it's understanding that, understanding that it's not necessarily what you're going to do today as we discussed that you're going to leave looking completely differently. What you're going to do today is really going to pay off in a year, in two years, in three years. So if you look at our collagen production, you see, I'm talking mm-hmm. about collagen over and over and over again. Well, I that's because we're losing it as we're older. It's, it's pretty <laughs> yeah, depleted. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. The right. curve is really going. Yeah, and it dra- drastically drops the older you get. Correct. Right. And the more, color, and the more um, estrogen you lose. As women, right. we depend, every metabolic process that happens in our body, we depend on estrogen and our hormones. So when that goes downhill, everything else goes downhill. So intentional aging is really changing the downward slope into a little bit more of a less steep, so to speak. I mean, ideally, it would be going upwards. And in certain areas, we can achieve that. But that's what intentional aging is, is really thinking about it in a long-term plan. Well, that's what I discuss because there are things that this is what I believe, that there are, I mean, we're aging and it's a privilege to age. and it's a privilege. It is. Uh, but I strongly believe that if there are things you can do to slow down the aging process, or to at least be, be an active participant in your aging process um, and control the things that you can control, why not? And it's not just how we look aesthetically, it's also going to help how we feel internally uh, and how we feel mentally. You know, just it's the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak, you know, and I just package. think- it is. It's the whole package. And I, I don't want people to think that we're just care about how we look. It's also how we feel. 
And I oh. think if we can, I how like we look and how we feel is completely connected. Totally. Totally. If you feel horrible, you're going to look horrible, probably. I mean, there's also there's also biological basis for that, right? We do know about the gut brain connection, but there is also skin gut brain connection. Those axes are all interconnected. Skin is your biggest organ. Skin is also your number one immune organ. Skin is also your protection from the protection. Right, right. So when your skin is healthy, you also look good. You look beautiful because we as humans actually associated health and beauty very much closely related. So we can biologically explain that when you look good, you also feel good. Oh, I love that. I I like that. So we talked a bit about this. What is your wellness program about and how did you decide to bring, and why did you decide to bring in, I think you explained this, a holistic nutritionist, but I, you can restate this. I have a question before you spoke about it. So let's go a little further into it. Sounds great. Uh, So the program starts with extensive testing. We do full but very extensive blood work, looking at the hormones, looking into nutrition. And we also try to explain to our patients that when we look into their blood work, most of our patients, they don't have a disease. I am definitely not playing the role of internal medicine or anything like that. I'm not trying to do that. What I'm looking with their blood work is also where they are metabolically, uh, and I'm not interested in them being metabolically within normal limits. So when we do that extensive blood work, we are really looking into how we can optimize our patients to be at the very top of their metabolic game. We look at the nutritional deficiencies. We look at heavy metals, um, collection of the heavy metals. We do it from the hair testing. We do food sensitivities for inflammation. Very often we eat a lot of different foods that inflame our gut, right? The leaky gut, the gut brain connection, the gut skin connection. There's a lot of that. So we then try to put it all together. And based on putting it all together, we designed a program. We designed a program that includes nutrition, supplements, and aesthetic uh, um, procedures. And very often, a lot of programs do that. They do a lot of different testing. Where we are different is that we don't just tell our patients, okay, this is your blood work, this is what you're deficient in, this is what you shouldn't be eating. Because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. But most of my patients, they're busy with social life. They're perimenopause, menopause, but they're on top of their game. They're running businesses. They're running families. So what is different with us is that we create basically a yearly plan where you have a touch base with um, my holistic nutritionist that literally walks you through, okay, what is your social life? What is your regimen? You're going out most of the time. So let's talk about it, what we can do in terms of that. What supplements you should be taking to be at the top of your game? And then based on that, raising their metabolic potential, then I step in with aesthetic procedures that are primarily biostimulatory from the injectable point of view, but also from a laser point of view. So using energy devices also to stimulate the regeneration. What devices, what do you like? What do you find that you use a lot? I mean, I'm sure everybody's different. Everybody's different, I'm sure. Everybody's different and I use everything and it's a mix of everything. Like, you know, when you are exercising and especially in our, above our 40s, we really need to do more of weight and interval training. Yes. You can't be doing just spinning 
seven days right. a week. Yeah, Windows I learned that, that the hard way. Work. Right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> when that pandemic weight wasn't coming off and I was living on my Peloton, I'm like, hmm, something isn't working here anymore. Something right. doesn't add up. Right, <laughs> right. I'm right. glad that too. So then we are really combining radio frequency stimulations, microneedle stimulations, biostimulatory molecules, all that goes into mix. And we are really talking to the patients in terms of stimulations from the inside out and then paying attention also to the surface of the skin. So we have a new generation of CO2 lasers that in the past, the older CO2, we were all afraid of that. It gives you a month of downtime. Technology moved on. Technology is... Yeah, there's no downtime now. It's amazing. Or very little. Right. It gives us the ability to really... uh, put it all together for our patients from the muscle stimulation in their body, because we also want our body to fit our face. We finally moved on as dermatologists to just taking care of the skin kind of from the neck up. We actually take care of the whole body. And also, again, perimenopause, menopause, you are realizing that you want your upper arms to match your face. You want your neck to look great. You want your stomach to be nice and flat. You work very hard on it. But you also want to make sure that the skin there looks good. There's no crepiness. When you lean down, there's no kind of washboard. Yep, I see the face. <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing we that. All do that. I, I'm at the gym now and I'm like, I'll be doing a push up and I look down at my arm and I'm like, what the heck is that? There's like some crepiness. I'm like, no, no, not that. That's, oh yeah. So do you think this is your approach? Do you think that this is going to be a trend? Moving forward, do you see other dermatologists maybe? I mean, not everybody that listens to my podcast is in New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, I this to me sounds like it's the way we're moving. But what are your I thoughts think on that? this is the way we're moving overall. Overall, right. in our understanding of the longevity, we will live longer. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line, right? We'll live longer. We also yeah. kind of, as you mentioned on your podcast, we women, when we go through the perimenopause, menopause, we are not gray haired, um, 70 year old grandmas anymore. No, so, we're not the golden girls, the golden girls. We are not. <laughs> and by the way, they were in their fifties when that, no, it's so frightening to me. Oh, it's crazy. we it's do crazy. not look like that. And that was just, you know, what, like 30, 40 years ago. It's amazing how much better we look today. But we, we also understand what we need to do in terms of the whole aging process, how yeah. we age differently. As I said, that we really start to understand what happens inside ourselves, the energy, the mitochondria, all of that starts playing a role. So I do really strongly hope that we are moving away as dermatologists, as a profession, as plastic surgeons, to kind of just touching the surface of the skin. So just pulling the skin when you needed right. it and then creating those unrealistic faces. You know yourself, the biggest trend right now, everybody's dissolving their fillers. They're dissolving their fillers, not because the fillers are bad. I still use a lot of fillers. It's just how we used to have them and what we as women kind of wanted from them. We wanted to hold the mirror very close and see no lines. And then we forgot about the whole face and the whole body. So we are really moving toward that whole holistic, whole body approach and the phrase beauty from within. It's bitten up so much that it doesn't even have the meaning, but it's true in terms of really what it translates into, right? Yeah, no, it's true. I, so that is interesting that 
people are dissolving their filler, but yeah. yet we're still so hooked on filters. So I, I there's a disconnect there for me. Okay. I don't understand. Some people want to look freaky and not like themselves, like they're walking around with a filter, an Instagram filter or a TikTok filter over them at all times. Yeah. And then there are those that just want to look great naturally. And, and of course, those are the people I gravitate towards because that's, but it, it's interesting to me. It seems like our youth today. So, you know, since my audience is more midlife women, mm-hmm. I find that the conversation with women in my demographic is that we're a little bit surprised at how young women, you know, meaning a different generation are doing so many things to their skin. Some of it's preventative. I get that, which is great. But some of it is like, what are you doing? You don't look, when I see a person walk towards me that looks like they have a filter on in real life, it's, it's freaky. It's a little freaky. (laughs) I, I actually just did two separate articles and one of them was on specifically dissolving fillers. And on the other one was on kind of this whole trend of bringing filters to your dermatologist or to your plastic surgeon and kind of wanting to look like that. And I cannot put it together. I don't understand how we at the same time in our society go through this two completely separate extremes. Right. Exactly. They're diametrically opposed, if you ask me. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. I'm not the only one that's confounded by this. So um, can you explain more about clients having the ability to rest their cells uh, to a more youthful state through nutrition and these benefits? So you're like resetting, right? You're resetting. It's a reset. It's a complete reset. Well, we know now about inflammation, right? We know that inflammation is probably at the crux of every bad thing that happens to us. All the bad stuff, right? All the bad stuff. On what we see on the surface of our skin is really a manifestation of the inflammation on the inside. We understand that inflammation right now is a cause of from Alzheimer's disease to eczema and rosacea. There's a whole spectrum of the inflammatory diseases. But where does this inflammation come from? It comes from within. It comes very often from what we put in our body and the inflammation that we create by putting things into our body that don't agree with us, that they shouldn't be there. So that's where the nutrition really comes and the reset formatation comes. So bringing the inflammation in the body down, allowing the metabolic potential to go up so they respond much better improving the nutrition from the point of view of taking more protein. So then they can build up more of the collagen because protein is going into production of the collagen in the body. Um, giving them more nutrition food, removing the sugar from the diet, removing all the processed inflammatory foods that we find everywhere in our society right now. Like dairy, like dairy, like right? Like dairy. Yeah. It's not even the dairy per se. It's everything that happens to the dairy, how it's processed with all the hormones, with everything, right? Yep. Yeah. That's what we're really realizing right now. It's not really just dairy. It's not really just gluten. It's really what happened to it, how it's processed, and how our body recognizes it as pouring now. And when it recognizes it as pouring, it creates inflammation. And when your body is inflamed, it can't process. The basics for me as a dermatology of how I try to kind of talk to my patients about inflammation is eczema. When your skin is inflamed, when it has eczema, and there are genetic components to that, but there is a lot of what happens with just inflammation, skin cannot function as a protective barrier. So what do you see? You see dry red skin. That's what it is. 
there's a high transepidermal water loss, you start reacting, your skin becomes very sensitive. So this is because you could see, but the same thing happens on the inside. If your body is inflamed in the same way, all of the functions of your body, they're not functioning the right way. It's amazing too, how far I think we have come from understanding that rosacea is an inflammatory response. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we, I, I didn't know that a few years ago, but I know it now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find this interesting that what we're putting into our bodies, you really need to be aware. And I think with all this processed food that we have now and, you know, talking about gut health and then you add perimenopause and menopause into it. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors trying to take us down. <laughs> there's a lot of factors. But the great thing about it, there's also a lot of understanding. So there are factors that right. can take us down. But now that we have this knowledge, that's why as a dermatologist, I feel like I will be doing disservice to my patients if I don't pay attention to that. Because we know that, right? Right. No, we do. But they but most dermatologists, as we mentioned before, and plastic surgeons deal with the outside. They don't deal necessarily with the inside. But I'm guessing it looks to me like that might change soon. I hope or we're headed that way. I hope we're headed. We're headed that way. Right. Right. That we just like, you know, your GP might not know a lot about the skin. It's nice to see that it's coming like full circle and it's all inclusive at this point, that it's becoming that way. Well, and cause I mean, and effect. Still, and cause and cause effect. effect. Right. Yeah, there's definitely cause and effect. But if you really think about it, that uh, nutrition as a class has been introduced to medical schools very recently. It's mind-boggling. It's absolutely mind-boggling. We are so advanced and we talk about the different medications, but the best medication is food. We know that. It's a known fact, right? Right. But we, as medical professionals, we haven't even been taught nutrition in medical school. So the fact that we finally introduced it as a class in medical school, we know that we are moving in the right direction. Well, same with menopause and talking about menopause and perimenopause. Uh, exactly. I've heard that that's not touched on in medical school. So no wonder we're all confused. <laughs> Hopefully this is all changing. Hopefully that this will change. You know, Hopefully. so, well, you know, as, as we become more aware of these things and the conversations happening, it should be, it should be, because if you can't go talk to your, your OB about menopause, right. that's scary in my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. But also recognizing that your body changes, your skin in your forties and your skin in your twenties is different. You can't use the same product. You can't do the same thing in your 20s and your 40s. It seems it makes so much sense. It does. But if you really even go into, go into Sephora, there's not that much that is actually specific for your skin type. And I talk to my patients, when you, your estrogen goes down, you definitely need more hydration in your skin. Your skin is going to be dry. You need to pay attention to cholesterol in your skincare because you need to replenish the good fat because your body is just, that's what it needs. Your body is not producing it as much. So therefore, you using the products that the 20-year-olds it's marketed to, it's, it's, you can't do that. And it's not everywhere. But the conversation started, and we definitely have, thanks to you and thanks to a lot of other people, we really opened up the ability to be able to be vocal about it. Because still for a very long time, 
menopause was considered the end of life, kind of like you never wanted to say that you're in menopause because then it's like your value as a woman is diminished. Oh yeah, no, you, know, over, you, didn't, right? you didn't even say that word. It was like, shh, you know, exactly. you didn't say the word. And now I love just even in the past year, the conversation is happening. Mm-hmm. And when the more we talk about these things and the more it becomes a normal part of a conversation, people pay attention, you know, so hopefully medical schools will start offering or demanding that you at least learn a little bit about menopause so you can speak, you know, and same thing with nutrition. It's it's the way we're moving, you know, and I think with, by creating demand, it's literally economic supply and demand. If we demand, we demand this, it will happen. And I I love that. I think we're pretty vocal now. I think we're demanding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It's, you know, I it kind of pays off to be a Karen, apparently. <laughs> right. Um, so is nutrition, I know what the answer is to this, but I'm going to ask you, and I know what you're kind of, I think I know what you're going to say. Is nutrition even more important for those in perimenopause and menopause? hundred percent. Right. <laughs> of course. And how so? You knew that. I think we've already because- discussed it, but this right. is what you rely on as energy for your body. As with all these changes, it's metabolically very taxing on your body to maintain the same level of energy. So if you don't supply this energy, you won't be able to function on the same level. So do you, I mean, do you think that there is a way, I, I know that we can take hormone replacement therapy, obviously, to help with a lot of this, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not the answer for everything. So you're saying, if we do HRT, if we can, if, if someone is allowed to take it, I, t- I personally am on HRT. If it's the right thing for you. If it's the right thing for you, absolutely. Um, and diet, i.e. anti-inflammatory, or at least being cognizant of your gut health and good skincare, taking care of yourself, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, reducing stress. I mean, these are all things that play into how we age, right? Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent diet, I think is huge in terms of not only diet, diet, but what we really eat. So for, um, right before the pandemic, we've been doing a series, uh, with one of the well-known chefs, chef and a doctor. And that series was specifically targeting in terms of food that can help you fight skin cancer. One of the things that I do in my, 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 um, specialty and my fellowship was specifically in melanoma. Mm-hmm. And we talked about a lot of different foods that I recommend to my patients who have high risk of skin cancer to take to be able to repair the damage that happens epigenetically from the environment to their DNA and be able to repair the damage to prevent skin cancer. The Can you share those with thing, us? What is that? Oh, <laughs> well, there's a whole, there's a whole list, there's a lot. But really foods that help to improve the oxidative damage, like lycopene. But foods that are available, nothing that is kind of exotic or out of this world. Foods that have the real, real um, nutritional value in them in terms of being able to repair the damage or boost our own ability to repair the damage in the DNA. One of the most interesting ingredients that I came across and learned and love right now is turmeric. Um, has been very well known for a very long time in uh, Western, in Eastern medicine, but finally Western medicine did a little bit more research and found out that the pathway of how turmeric works is really very similar 
to some of the chemotherapy drugs that we use for um, for breast cancer. Interesting. How amazing and how mind-boggling it is. And you can buy it at the store. I mean, and you could buy it in the whole food market. You could buy it right. in the store, and you could easily incorporate it in your diet. So yep. really learning the value of what we put in our body and how it helps our body is really what helps us to repair. So when we go through the perimenopause and menopause, paying attention to that becomes a much more important factor than when you were in your 20s. Because while we are in our 20s, up to 25, 26, our body functions very well. Your DNA repairs very well. You're at the top of your game, intercellular and extracellular. But then around 25, 26, something starts happening. And we kind of do starting to have a little bit of a clue in terms of what that something is. And it has a lot to do with energy production inside the cell. More energy we can produce inside our cells, better inside the cell we can function in terms of the proteins that we produce, the signaling molecules that we produce, how we can clear up the junk from inside our cells so it can function better, how we can repair our own DNA, because we do have abilities to repair our own DNA. And then as we go through life, we start accumulating more and more of those little snippets of DNA damage from the environment, from what we eat. And they, once they start accumulating, accumulating, so to speak, when the balance starts shifting, that's when you start showing them. You start showing more lines and wrinkles. You start showing that your cells become dull on the surface of the skin because they don't cycle as robustly as a 20-year-old and your skin starts looking dull. And then it starts accumulating pigments, so you start the appearance of all those brown spots. So being able to bring you back to that before 25, 26 intercellular energy and help your body to repair its own DNA instead of my patients relying on what I can do to them, being able to give them the ability to do it on their own. That's what regenerative mm. medicine is about. I love it. You just nailed it. Wait, so besides turmeric, what else? do you recommend for antioxidant foods, blueberries, yeah. um, apples, they can really protect themselves. Tomatoes, tomatoes are very high on ingredients that can actually repair its own DNA. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Nuts, definitely foods that actually up your level of good fats. Yep. For a very, very long time, we've been a nation of really being scared of fat. Everything became fat. Free, low fat, fat, free, low right. fat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, long and behold, we realized that, wait a second, but the membrane of our cell is made primarily of cholesterol and fat. And now that we leak out of our system, look at our brain and look at also what malinates or covers our neurons and helps our brain to function. It's all cholesterol and fat. So really educating our patients in terms of that one fat and one fat is not necessarily the same. It's not only about clogging your arteries. And even that we are questioning right now, if that's really just cholesterol clogging your arteries or inflammation in the arteries that is really more at the mm -hmm. crux of all of this existence. So definitely talking about taking the fat from the nuts, from the avocados, from olive oil, and really learning about creating a healthier diet. Love it. I love it. It all comes back to that. I, every topic it comes back to about that. aging yeah. comes back to diet. It really Absolutely. does. Absolutely. That's fascinating. So uh, we're going to wrap this up soon. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? 
Is there something you wanted to tell us that we didn't touch on? Well, we touched on a lot, and I'm so happy I know we that did. we are able to bring it up and actually talk about it. But what I really talk to my patients that when they go through the menopause and perimenopause, mm-hmm. it's not the time to kind of slow down and say that, okay, well, this is what it is. This is my time of life. It's really the time to work much harder because, yes, you have to do more things. This is not the time to kind of sit and wait what's going to happen to you. But if you really pay attention, if you really put, so to speak, energy into yourself, it will pay off. And that's where intentional aging really is. I I call it fighting the fight. You got to, you know, it's self-advocacy. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to. I don't know. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want. But I saw <laughs> I saw my I saw my mother who was beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful, but you know, smoked, drank, abused thin, but still I said abused her body. I called her skinny fat. Mm-hmm. And she just eventually stopped. Just like yeah. one day just kind of said uh, done. And I just watched her not fight anymore. And I just watched her Mm -hmm. age so quickly, so quickly. And it was heartbreaking. So I think seeing that for myself and experiencing that, like I almost get tears thinking about it because I don't want that for myself. I want to change that. So, you know, I, I have people say to me, why do you use the term anti-aging still? And I I don't use it that much. I mean, I do try to say pro-aging, But to me, anti-aging means I'm anti-giving up and I'm anti-not fighting the fight. So I think that as far as what you can do to your abilities to help the aging process, you should hopefully, that's why I do this podcast. This is why I I want the information so that we can fight, you know, so we can can advocate for ourselves and advocate because you have to look out for yourself. I want, I, my, my want for every woman and man is to age better because you know it's one thing to be 90 years old and vital than 90 years old and being you know in a wheelchair and just out to lunch you know so if we whatever we can do we should be doing it we should be doing it i agree and we have science behind us we know a lot of things that we could be doing differently right now and being able to advocate for yourself and find that knowledge and see that knowledge that's what we all should be doing right now. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay, everyone, we're wrapping it up. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember... If you've been masking the aging process, get to it. It's time to advocate for yourself. Oh, and eat protein. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Be well. Bye-bye.